Welcome to the Wisdom Journey. This is a three-year journey through the Bible taught by pastor and author Stephen Davey. Stephen is also the president of Shepherd's Theological Seminary. Today we come to John chapter 14. The words and works of Jesus Christ are essential to the Christian faith. They're also foundational for our prayer life. Today, we're going to learn the importance of praying, waiting, and trusting Him to accomplish His will. I have read that during the average lifetime, a person will spend a total of three years in meetings, six years sleeping, and five years waiting, whether it's waiting in rush hour traffic or in a line for some food or in the doctor's office. Now, it may be nobody's fault we have to spend so much time waiting, but waiting can bring a sense of frustration, can't it? I mean, nobody likes to wait. I certainly don't, especially if you're waiting for something that's significant or important. Well, the disciples here are frustrated because Jesus has just told them he's leaving them for a place where they can't go just yet, so they're going to they're gonna have to wait. Well, now it's Philip's turn. He raises his hand here in class. We're in John chapter 14 now as we pick up what happens chronologically in this next sequence. And he makes a request. Verse 8, Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. You could summarize his request this way. Lord, you've said you're going somewhere, and we've never been, and we're going to have to wait uh, to go there ourselves. So in the meantime, could you give us something tangible? Could you give us a vision of our Heavenly Father. Now, in a voice that I believe was was gentle but firm, it was pointed here, but it was kind, Jesus responds in verse 9, Have I been with you so long that you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Let me tell you, beloved, there's no stronger passage for declaring the deity of Jesus Christ than this one. Jesus is saying, you want to see the Father? You're looking at him when you look at me. So from this conversation, the Lord is going to give them now several truths to hang their faith on. And I'm going to begin here at verse 10. Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me, or else believe on account of the works themselves. Jesus is saying here, you you hear me speak? Well, they're the words of God the Father. You see the works I do? Well, they're the works of God the Father. The words and works of Christ are tangible hooks you can hang your shield of faith upon. You know, I often talk to believers who doubt their salvation, and for many of them, the doubts arise because they they don't know enough about the words and works of Jesus. Well, the Apostle John will write over in 1 John chapter 5 and verse 13, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. 
He gives this record of Scripture so that believing readers can can know they have eternal life. Beloved, there's a connection between what has been written, then, and knowing you have eternal life. You see, our assurance comes from reading the record, believing the scriptures of Christ's words and works. Frankly, we all doubt, and we have to drive our doubts back to the words of God. That's what he's telling Philip. Now, Jesus says something interesting here. In fact, it's caused quite a bit of confusion over the years through misinterpretation. Jesus says here in verse 12, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do, because I'm going to the Father. Now, let me tell you, I believe God is performing miracles today in a myriad of ways, but I don't believe he's made any of us miracle workers. But can we Can we actually do greater things than Jesus did? What did Jesus mean here? Well, the answer is yes to that question. That's what Jesus says. You're going to do greater works than I did. Well, that sounds like then, well, I ought to be able to raise the dead and walk on water and heal everybody I know who's sick. Well, the key to understanding this is discovering what Jesus meant when he said, we will do greater works. I believe this refers to two things. First, our works are greater in duration. You see, the skin of a leper whom Christ healed would in time become wrinkled again with age, and he'd die. But if you lead a leper to salvation, although his disease might not be healed, one day he's going to live in heaven with a new body. Jesus fed more than 5,000 hungry people. But guess what? They got hungry again. But when you feed people the gospel today, their souls are satisfied forever. Now, don't misunderstand. This doesn't mean the miracles of Jesus were unimportant. But Jesus is telling his disciples here that the works that they do are going to last longer than those miracles he performed. Secondly, our works are not only greater in duration, but they're also greater in distance. You know, if you study the life of Jesus, you discover his ministry was geographically limited. Did you know that he only traveled about 100 miles from north to south and only about 40 miles from east to west? He never once preached a sermon outside of Palestine. Faraway countries never heard his name during his earthly life and ministry. Jesus is effectively telling his disciples here they're going to be part of an operation that's going to reach around the world, a ministry that is far more extensive than his own three years of ministry in that little region on planet Earth. The wonderful thing is that we get to be included today in this worldwide ministry. Now, don't overlook the last words, the last part of verse 12, where Jesus explains why this is all going to be possible through us. He says, because I am going to the Father. In other words, we're not doing greater things because we're more powerful or our faith is stronger, but because Jesus is actually interceding today on our behalf. And that introduces us to a a rather sweeping promise regarding prayer here in verse 13. 
Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Now, does this mean that Jesus is going to give us anything if we ask in faith, believing? When I was a young believer, I wanted a really nice car, and I had an old jalopy. The Lord evidently didn't do that for me. Kind of reminds me of the little boy who was told that God answers prayer, and he wanted a little brother, so he started praying for one. His his parents kind of chuckled over it, but this little boy kept believing, and he kept praying for a little brother. Well, eventually he got tired of waiting, got discouraged, and he stopped praying. About uh, seven or eight months later, mom came home from the hospital with not one baby brother, but twin baby boys. And as they introduced their son to his set of brothers, they said to him, now, aren't you glad you prayed? And he said, well, yes, but aren't you glad I quit when I did? (laughs) Well, don't we all wonder today, honestly, wonder how effective our prayers are? Well, yeah, many prayers seem to be answered, but, but why do so many others remain unanswered? Well, Jesus seems to be telling us here that if we believe strongly enough, we're going to get answers to every prayer we've ever prayed. But is that really what he's saying here? I want you to look carefully. If you have a Bible open in front of you, you're going to see two qualifications or guidelines. I like to call them guardrails for proper prayer. First, we're to pray in Jesus' name. That means we're, we're praying a prayer that, that he's willing to sign his name to. It, it's a request he agrees with. Second, we're told here the main purpose of prayer is not to get our will done in heaven, but God's will done here on earth. So we pray according to his glory. We pray uh, according to his plans. We yield to his will. I remember the time when our four children, at different times, were learning how to color in their little coloring books. Well, they had the same problems all children have, choosing the right color and coloring within the lines. So you end up with green skies and blue grass and, you know, just crayon color everywhere. Well, as children of our Heavenly Father, prayer is really the same way. We got to learn how to color our requests appropriately, and we have to learn to pray inside the lines, that is, within his guidelines. So prayer in the name of Christ and for the will of God is choosing the right color, and it's, it's coloring, as it were, within the right guidelines. You see, the truth is God always answers the prayers of his children. Have you ever thought about the fact that The answer might be yes, right away, or his answer might be no, not ever. Maybe his answer is no, not now. You're going to have to wait a little while. So we we can pray, we can wait, but we can wait with confidence, beloved, that our Heavenly Father hears us. He, He cares about us. He will always do what is right for us. The Bible says, both now, today, and forever. Well, until our next wisdom journey sets sail, beloved, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God 
and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Today's lesson on this wisdom journey is called Learning to Wait. I hope it encouraged you today. Our ministry is on social media, and that's a great way to stay informed and to interact with us. Be sure and like our Facebook page so that you'll get updates. You can follow us on X, which was formerly called Twitter, and Instagram. We post the video version of these lessons on our YouTube channel, so you can subscribe to that if you prefer to watch. We'd enjoy interacting with you online. Thanks for joining us today. Come back next time as we continue this wisdom journey.